Join us on this episode of The Marvel of Horror, where me and my guests will be discussing, amongst many things, the 1987 cult classic Monster Squad, a horror comedy about a group of adolescents taking on your favorite iconic monsters like Dracula and Frankenstein. Make sure you find us at YouTube, The Marvel of Horror Podcast. Like, subscribe, leave comments below. Call it a day. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Marvel of Horror, where we discuss all things past, present, and future as they pertain to the horror genre. I'm your friend, your host, and fellow horror enthusiast, Bruce Marvel, and tonight our guest is a New York City-based actor originally from Delaware. He has a background in performing arts, and he has expanded that skill set into the realm of content creation, sketch comedy, and producing. I'm very happy and honored to say he's a producer of this show. He's also one of New York City's finest nannies influencing kids to be extraordinary and to dream big. He's my dear friend, my brother, we love very much, Eddie Layfield. Welcome to the show, my man. I'll use this moment to tell your audience that you, as a person <laughs> in my life, uh, like, whether you know it or not, influenced a lot of my childhood and my taste in things, and, and this is how I'm going to set this story up. My my beautiful sister, your, your loving wife, Leela Marvel um, was my first uh, like nanny, you know, caretaker person yeah. that would watch us when when mom and dad were at work. And and being the big sister that she was, uh, a responsible big sister, she was not. Um, she would often for Christmas. I knew this is where the story was going. Because <laughs> we make fun of her every year for oh, Christmas. Of about it. It's like you can't let it go. But every year, it's all in fun. It's all in fun. Every year we would get soap and books from my sister for Christmas. For Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Christmas. It's more of an Easter gift, but Christmas. <laughs> Don't get me started on Easter's. I would get stuffed animals oh, and shit for Easter, too. I didn't. I would have got a couch, not the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I need a bigger couch. No, yeah. yeah. Tell me everything. Um, but you came into our life and and we'll say 1999 or whenever you started coming around you know that was when we started going from soap and books every year to comic books to video games to uh just pretty much more rad things in our life you did that well you know wrestling too man wrestling is huge well you got you know i was um so i was very young uh how old were you when you were coming around I was born I, in 92. I was 18. Oh, yeah. 18, yeah. 19 years old. Yeah, I was 19. So I was born in 81. So I was like 19 years old oh, when I started out. Yeah. Courting your older sister. <laughs> Thank you for being so respectful well, when talking about my sister. She is the mother of my child. That's right. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Yeah, thank you. I, thank you yeah, much. I'm very happy for you guys. I will want him to get soup and books mail and not violent video games. <laughs> That's all he's getting. <laughs> That's that's all he's getting forever. It comes full circle. That's right. Full circle is your young son is going to get soap and books for years. And then I'll let my wife Beatrice get him fun stuff. That sounds fair. Yeah. That sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when I started coming around, like I, I mean, I was 19. I didn't have any kind of real experience with uh, kids, young kids or, you know, kids that now are, are my my brothers, my, yeah. you know, I say that with love and admiration, my young brothers-in-law, and it was like, you know, so I was already, like, your mom didn't like me, 
Oh, really? I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? That's another That's another story for another day. Uh, Tell yeah, it. Was, was, I'll say that there, there were probably a series of shit tests that I failed miserably. Uh, yeah, so I was like, man, you know, you guys are, you guys are young guys, you're your brother, and it's uh-huh. like, man, you're, you're my sister's boyfriend, even at a young age, like, you're my sister's boyfriend, we gotta give you a hard time. Like, yeah, I think I we, even... I feel like we tried. Yeah. You, well, you were too fucking cool. Well, you guys were kids. Yeah. And you guys were great kids, you know what I mean? It was fun. It was fun when I finally, when I finally got used to being around you guys, and you guys being used to me, mm-hmm. it was great. We had great times. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're a good role model for us, for well, sure, man. We were. I wouldn't. Well, you said we were like good that. kids, man, and you're being generous. On, we, no, were no, we were monsters. You were not. Monsters. We were monsters. You were not monsters. Like these guys. <laughs> they were young. They were young boys, and they had a lot of energy. And they were, you, you know, what I mean, brothers fight. Yeah. How do I know? I got two older brothers. Yeah. And they're older. So yeah. when we used to fight, I couldn't. I couldn't dish out what I was getting. <laughs> you My know, long shot. They're five and six years older. You share the shit beat out of me. <laughs> Put it that way. I love them. I wasn't bullied or abused, but brothers fighting. I was on the losing end of those fights all the time. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, yeah, I get it. Being the the youngest of the brothers, it it comes with a title and a punching bag. Uh, yeah, it comes aspect with a, to life. Yeah, it yeah. comes with a very high threshold i'll never forget my introduction into the uh horror genre was man it was abbott and costello new frankenstein oh yeah oh yeah i love abbott, abbott and costello it's... i didn't know they have a frankenstein oh thing. my god I'm you gonna are watch missing. It. you need to abbott and costello meet frankenstein i'm pretty sure the year is 1944 mm-hmm. so my first frankenstein wasn't even boris karloff mm-hmm. it was glenn strange because he's the Frankenstein, of that. and there's one scene where actually there's one scene in that movie where Lon Chaney Jr. dons makeup because Glenn Strange got hurt on set. But uh, that was awesome. You, yeah. That was you, you oh knew yeah, that. yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I know that. Movie. Hell yeah, I know that movie in and out. If you go back, and you can see if you go back and watch. Yeah. Um, because the premise of that movie is they want to take Abbott's brain and put it into the Frankenstein monster. Mm-hmm. So Dracula, who's resurrected the Frankenstein monster, which is We'll get to this film because that's kind of the same plot. You can tell where they, you can tell it's a love letter to those movies, Monster Squad. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do this whole brain swap, and Lon Chaney's turned into the Wolfman, mm. and he's coming in and he's, you know, wrecking havoc and he's stopping the whole thing. So, but they already had the electrodes up to Frankenstein. So now he's Frankenstein's monster. So now he's strong. And when he gets up, he, he throws the one lady through the window. And when they pan back and they're coming out of the room, you see he goes like this and he sweeps the, the big operating table out of his way. Yeah. It's clearly Lon Chaney Jr. in the makeup. Really? Not Strange. Ah. But it was real quick. Huh. And if you don't, you know what I mean? If you don't know the look, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously people who know the movie will, they will know. know. But if, you, if you're watching that movie for the first time and I didn't tell you that, you probably yeah. wouldn't even catch it. Yeah, no. And that's what got you into this whole world that's, that you, you love so yes, much now, huh? Yes. Adam Costello, Meet Frankenstein, that my father showed me because mm. he loved these movies. Mm-hmm. And then I was, man, I was off to the races. I was like, all right, I want to see, I want to see more Frankenstein. I want to see Woods. Cool. I want to see more of these guys. What's what's next? Yeah, and it was like, I mean, I, I I have pictures. I was, uh, 
I want to say I was four or five years old, and I was dressing up like Frankenstein when it wasn't Halloween. That's cool. <laughs> it's like a Tuesday. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, and I'm like, like, I'm like Patrick's Mom, Day. Mom, watch. She sits there like this, sits up. I, I mean, there's pictures of it of her couch. Of you you doing dream. it? Oh man. Just... <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I was. Yeah, I never looked back. That's cool. Never looked back. That's horror. Nice. All horror, all the way, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's neat. So, I, what was your introduction into the horror genre that's a good question and i love that you ask it to all your guests yes because it's a good I way to know. it's a I good way know. to start the episode what, Not, na- what makes your horror world tick man what, what started it all i thought about it before coming and i i will say that this the monster squad was probably one of the first horror-esque films that i saw um i saw it at a young age um, my grandfather showed it to me nice um, granddad lee we have these old home videos where he'll be walking around, I'm assuming with a camcorder that was probably this big on his shoulder at yeah, the time. Yeah, the camcorders that weighed like 100 pounds. Yeah, 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 like 50 pound camcorder at the time. I'm probably two <laughs> or three and he's filming our aunts and uncles. And, and at the end of all of these videos, because I like to watch them now and just kind of remember him and see them, he took a moment of every film that he did and he sets the camera up on a tripod in front of himself like this in a nice chair that he had in his home. That's cool. And he would talk to the camera and he would just say, hey, it's me, it's Lee. Here's how things are going. Here's how life is. And it was awesome. And that's it, and super awesome. It's really neat. That's so it's, super, yeah, that's super cool. And that's something like, yeah, he had the, he had the, um, well, he was probably doing it before I mean, we nobody had smartphones or yeah. camcorders. Like, but he actually was like the, he would, to look ahead and be like, "This would be something cool to leave by." Yeah, to leave yeah, by and to like people. leave a message for them and like you know, yeah, it's like turning well, it on and seeing a ghost. Yeah, like I said, well, no days guaranteed. So he knew that. Yeah, he knew that a long time ago. He yeah, was, you know, he was ahead of the curve. Yeah, and it's cool. So now here we are, <laughs> in front of our cameras, mortalized, trying to do what Apple. he did, but so. Lee, my grandfather, showed me this movie when we were far too young. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a good movie, but still, it's it is scary at times. Like I know it's yeah. not Nosferatu, or you did the Invisible Man a couple episodes, and I know it's not horror. You know, blood, gore, horror. There's a lot of comedy moments in there. There's a lot of comedy, and there's a lot of uh, like so. There's a lot of jo- so I saw this a lot movie. of jokes. But there's a lot, a lot of horror too, especially for a kid of my age seeing it the first time. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely some serious moments in this movie. But like I said, the first time I saw it, so this movie, Monster Squad, directed by Fred Decker, uh, wrote, written by Fred Decker and Shane Black, mm-hmm. who we'll get to them in a second. But Fred Decker, uh, another movie he directed that's very, very popular in the uh, horror community or community of cinema is Night of the Creeps. Do Mind you? Do you think maybe, do you want to tell the audience, if they don't know, what Monster Squad is about? You just wrap yeah. it up I mean, real quick? Sure. Summarize it for your, your friends. So real quick, Monster Squad is a about a group of they're probably 12, 13-year-olds yeah. uh, with Phoebe, little sister. Oh, yeah, Phoebe. Uh, <laughs> and they discovered that Dracula is alive and well mm-hmm. in modern times of 1987, and He's after an amulet, and if he can capture this amulet, he can uh, overthrow the balance of good and evil into his favor. So him, with the help of the other 
legion of monsters we see before us. Mm-hmm. He goes to get this amulet, which just so happens to be in their town. Yeah. <laughs> Very convenient. The, the but three, we don't care about that. The four boys of the monster yeah, squad. Four who... boys with the help of the older yeah, Rudy. Rudy, which is um, really, we're, we're getting past the plot and getting, getting deeper the in plot. there now. So basically, yeah, basically a hundred, <laughs> this amulet, a hundred years after Abraham Van Helsing yeah. tried to destroy Dracula and his, uh, and his legion of monsters. Now these, uh, now these young adolescents are tasked with this, uh, this endeavor. Do you remember the opening of the movie? Yes, it's fantastic. It's, so it, it's like Star Wars, you know, where they have the words just kind of come from the bottom and go upwards and they're blood red and all horror-like and creepy and they come up and they're talking about, you know, Van Helsing fighting Dracula, trying to stop his legion of they evil monsters. It. And then the last <laughs> sentence is, they blew it. They blew it. <laughs> so it's, and that, you know, it's and that, so funny. That whole just thing he just described just sums up this movie. Like, it's very dark, it's very mm-hmm. serious, but just got this comedic yeah, undertone it, to yeah, it. It kind of sets up the tone of the whole movie. Exactly. That, yeah, we know what we are doing. Mm-hmm. But we know that we are also being comical and funny. But they're never winking at the camera, you know? No. They never they're never like sometimes like Lauren Hardy in those older black and white films, they're like, oh, you get the joke, right? But yeah. they really no, they don't. don't. They nuance it so well in this movie. I mean now, you know, it's not you know, this movie's almost uh let's see, eighty seven, so ninety seven, yeah. so it's almost thirty years old, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even more. It uh the delivery of these lines, it may seem hokey now just because of times, but I don't think so. I mean, I watched it recently. It's like the, the delivery is just so smooth with mm-hmm. all the comedy and everything. And like mm-hmm. you said, there is there is some kind of dark stuff in this movie, yeah. but they balance it so well. With it, these things. You don't, these yeah, moments, you don't really have you know? time to stop and focus on that. Right. To keep going. The first time that you meet my favorite character, Horace. Yes. I love Horace. At that time, he was like the working kid. Yeah. He was booking and booking and booking and booking. And, and I, I did some research this morning to just kind of see like where he is now, right? He sadly died. Yeah, he's age, what, 22? At age 22 of pneumonia. Yeah, his life had I mean, you like, figure all that. I mean, he had. He was setting up a, a future that could yeah. have been great, you know? I, I mean, to accomplish what he accomplished at the age of before 23 years old. And in that kind of character, you yeah. know, it's hard to it, it's hard to think like some of these characters do seem like caricatures, you know, like Rudy. Yeah, oh yeah, is like a, a typical bully bad boy from these like movies. You can find him in the Heather's movie. You All know, all the girls loved Rudy. They love that guy, but he's Why like they? he's kind of like a, a stereotypical character for this time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by putting him in there and I mean the first time you see him, it's like the, it's it's just quick and he's eating the candy bar and he's like, "What is that fatty?" and and he says, "My name is Horace." And that's the first time you hear him introduce himself. And I thought it was just so quick and yeah. the delivery of it was so fast. He didn't even blink an eye at being called the bundle of sticks, which is a terrible thing to call anybody. Every movie who's, you know, especially in the eighties, if there's like the cult classics, like you gotta have that montage. Oh and I they're know. clearly they're clearly achieving more than anyone would be able to do in a in a just a regular twenty four hour day. Oh, in that montage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh they're, yeah. They're doing would, crazy. Oh, they're doing of I mean they're going like, they're, they're going to school. Mm-hmm. They're um 
they're making weapons, they're doing this, mm-hmm. they're, you know what I mean? This guy's calling the army, they're writing a letter to the <laughs> Rudy's army. Rudy's stealing him. things. Rudy's stealing things, the, the, getting pictures developed, making, that's another reason why I want to bring this movie. Yeah. Shot class, he's making bullets. Yeah, he makes a silver bullet. I want to bring bullets. up that moment because the, the moment that he goes and gets those pictures was what we were talking about earlier. Okay. About so we Bruce and I were talking earlier about how this movie uses the comedy as like a nuance. I would say that sometimes the comedy is just hidden in the background. Yeah. It's not part of the plot of Monster Squad. It's just a little bit extra. The one that we were talking about was the storyline of Mom and Dad. Yes, which, which we'll table and get to that. Yeah, but the one that I'm speaking of right now is when he goes and gets the pictures developed. Do you remember what those pictures are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's the, it's the brother's sister naked next door. Well, it's, well it's, what's hilarious is so he's always mm-hmm. spying on that girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it happens and, the first time he's in the clubhouse. He's looking out the camera and goes, But Frankenstein's <laughs> monster gets the shot. Exactly. That's why he didn't know. Exactly, man. That was my favorite joke because it was like just a bit of a joke in the background of a scene that the boys are having and you can if you care to look at the other people you see rudy's looking out the window and then it I'm cuts to him i'm beginning to like this club yeah yeah that's exactly what he says <laughs> i love when they're getting ready to go they're getting ready to go like um talk to her they're getting ready to they're getting ready to bring her up to the clubhouse and reveal the photo they have and kind of bribe her mm-hmm. or actually not bribe her blackmail her yeah into you know trying to read the uh read the words in abraham's uh, yeah the journal that they got at a they got at a yard sale like yeah his mom man, picked up yeah, that journal at a yard pick up, sale yeah, pick up at a yard sale I'm like man I, what else was at that yard sale that's a kind of swag yeah day. really <laughs> like man i mean did, you know. did the yard sale did the owner of the yard sale come from transylvania like where did where did they get all this i don't know this stuff sound, sounds like a sounds like a prequel they didn't make yeah, that's, this is a big plot hole, if anything. Got yeah. you, Jekyll. And this is my this is my yard sale. What do you got? What do you got there? Oh, Abraham's uh, diary. Sure. It's like you're gonna love that. Definitely. Five bucks. Five bucks. You can have it. Suckers. Yeah. It's German. They can't read it. <laughs> what are they gonna find anyone who can speak German at this time? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Isn't this like 1987? It's like yeah, 1987. There happens to be scary German guy. Yes. Living yeah. Down, so that living down the street. Do you know that guy's name? That the scary German guy. He, he Leonardo Semino. I'm sorry, butchering his Cimino, last name. Something like that. Cimino? He was. He was. He had a long. I looked into him too. He had a long history of just being in horror films, even as early as like age eighteen. Well, he. Like he's. Sorry. No, that I don't know what the film was, but I know that he started at a young age, like all these kids. Mm-hmm. And he probably um. um well, no, he played a, he played a, so he's, they, and I love how they do this too. They drop the hint so subtle that he is a Holocaust survivor in the film. Oh yeah. He also did play a Holocaust survivor, right? In, in another film. film. Yeah. I think also after reading his bio, he went to Normandy. Oh, was he part of, like part of D-Day? Mm-hmm. Like wow. the second group of soldiers yeah. to run on in. And then it's funny. He was like, you know, in the army and then was like, I'm still going to go and pursue acting that's what i want to do for real no but that was such a, an interesting part of the movie too the, the just the little nuances everywhere that were sprinkled around to make the movie a bit more special that you were saying you can watch it now like you did yesterday and find something new that you haven't yeah and we will get into that yeah and i also think so 
And this is something I was talking about with uh, on previous, you know, on the episode with Lila where we did the Invisible Man. Um, me and Matt, Fat Matt, did an episode where we uh, talked about Nosferatu. We were kind of talking about this too. It's the characters are so good, and they come off so genuine, and the dialogue is so seamless. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's something that's very lacking in film today. Like sure. some movies still, some movies still got it, and I think you know, not being a film expert guy, I really think that I attribute that to the fact that with streaming networks, so many um using a lot more like production companies to make films now and mm-hmm. i think they're scrambling to make so much content that that like the writing and the character development and stuff i think that's kind of like the stuff getting lost in the sauce i think you're right that a lot of the the movies coming out nowadays the sauce you know the thing that makes the movie the dialogue or at least the story plot point i feel like there's a lot of movies nowadays that because they're trying to sell the movie to as many viewers as possible Mm -hmm. which ultimately makes sense you got to get people to see the movie uh by doing so they're changing the script or at least the plot or the storylines to fit people and demographics in a way yeah which the more worried about checking boxes yeah which which to me ultimately i think is it's showing that it's a a failure on these production i don't know if it's even the production company's fault it's probably the producers at the end of the day their call um there's probably a lot of people making calls but i think that it's starting to affect uh, the content that's coming out. Movies are not as good as they were. Comedies no. definitely are not the same that they were. I no. hate comedy movies Com- now. I couldn't tell you the last time I actually sat and watched a newer comedy that was like, that just kept me... That kept me there? Kept me there. And like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like back back in the day, it was like, you knew a good comedy because you were just reciting it all the time. Yeah, you were like, saying the, the lines. You are saying the lines and yeah. everyone's like, I mean, I can't tell you how many it's years later and i can't tell you how many times a day it's at least once a day that i'm quoting dumb and dumber yeah or i'm quoting um tommy oh, boy tommy boy I'm quoting mm-hmm. tommy boy or i'm quoting anchorman yeah I'm quoting, like i'm quoting i love lamp like <laughs> i had to explain that to the kids that i watched the other day because i said it just randomly in passing Me? they were saying things they love and i went i love lamp are you just pointing at random things in the room saying that <laughs> and you I, love them? I, I had to land. explain to them what anchor men were. I was like, okay, there's a, an idea of an anchor person doing the news, and that's like a caricature, and that's what the movie's about. And they were like, what's the news? Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. She, she just turned around and be like, you smell like Bigfoot's dick. Statistics. Yes. 60% of the time, it works. Every, Every time, time. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But remember, he goes out, he stinks, and I, I'm pretty sure it's John Apatow. It or no, it's Paul Paul Rudd's character. Well, Paul Rudd, but the guy. So when he get when Paul Rudd comes out, yeah, and everybody starts getting up, and this this person saying it smells like everybody's saying it smells bad, but everyone's got like a different adjective. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Judd Apatow is the guy in the background. He's like smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> or no, no. The woman says it's Bigfoot's dick. Judd Apatow says, like, it smells like, it smells like shit wrapped in burnt hair. All right, speaking of monsters and, and of their monsters. private parts, do you think that Wolfman has an art? Oh, he's got to. Yes or no? He has to. Why does he got to? <laughs> well, because... I don't know if he does. I, I guess he would. So right? he's part wolf. Yeah. And he's part man. Yeah. Both have 
there's parts we're talking about. I guess you're right. It's given. You got to. He's got to. If you if you just if you think of that logic, I mean, we're talking about the logic of a werewolf. Yeah. Think about that logic. It's it's he's got to have Narf. He's got to have Narf. They're probably you know what I mean. We're not going to go into what we you know size they could be. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me when to stop. <laughs> it's a little bit. I don't know. I mean, extreme. they it's gotta like, be. It's like a kickstand. They gotta be a nice size. Huh. If a twelve-year, a kick from a twelve-year-old boy can just, they gotta be. They gotta be big and they gotta be sensitive. I feel just like saying. a kick from anybody. Don't know for in, sure. In the nards is gonna bring you down. Have you been kicked in the nards? Unfortunately, I have. I have as well. I've been kicked in the nards. Mm-hmm. I've been punched in the nards. I don't know when they punched me. I've had. Uh, friend of mine who will remain nameless we're like in a right aid or something and she had a uh like a stress reliever they're just hard stress relievers and just oh, innocently yeah, yeah. yeah innocently and jokingly and she just turns around and just throws it and she was i don't know if she was aiming uh-huh. but man it got me dead center i'm like in a i'm in the middle of i think back then it was eckerd's what's that they, it, well, they don't. Have, they're not around anymore. But it's you know like Rite Aid. But I think the, I think it was called Eckerd's at the time. And my face was like this red, meat on the ground in the middle of like this aisle in the store, just holding my nards <laughs> and my dork. Was it just? <laughs> I forget that the first time they start talking about the Wolfman is they don't talk about his nards. They're talking about his dork. That is wolf dork. Yeah, they start. Well, they say wolf dork in like the first five minutes of the movie. And well, that's just hilarious. What, what a line well, to I write. Love, I love when they're trying to. So the the little brother's trying to ask his older sister if she's a virgin or not, and oh, here yeah. comes Rudy. You know, yeah. yeah, we're just inquiring. You know, if you ever or may have not or may have been dorked. Yeah, dorked. <laughs> and then, and like I said, I watched it recently, and I was like. Like my brain kind of stopped for a second. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah, okay." <laughs> that was it was a thing. Yeah, York meant penis. Yeah. yeah, you will notice. I don't know if you've noticed that this movie was written, co-written by Shane Black. Now Shane Black also wrote such films as uh, Last Action Hero. He wrote Lethal Weapon. Uh, he was Ponch in Predator. No, not Ponch. He was. Um, he was the guy with the glasses who gets killed in the very beginning. He's the first one of Arnold's crew to get killed. Oh, cool. That is. I think it's awesome to put yourself in the movie. Yeah. And then kill yourself in the first yeah. in the first act. That's great. If you look at the films, um, you know, he's written, they're always like they're they, they have a lot of like buddy themes to them, you know, Lethal Weapon, the last action hero, Arnold and the Boy. You know, so um he also I'm pretty sure he wrote it and he directed it. You ever see the nice guys with uh Russell Crowe and um, oh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, he wrote. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he wrote and directed. He wrote that. that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The comedy in there is, right. is so, very. It's nuanced. It's just he, a touch. But he's always got that buddy yeah. kind of thing. And huh. then when you see these, when you see these teenagers who are, you know, they're buddies, they're busting, bust each other chops and stuff like that. You know, what yeah. I mean? like you get that connection. He's very good for that. Uh, also, another thing about this movie and Predator. Is that uh, done by Stan Winston? Now, Stan Winston, his studio is responsible for this movie. Stan Winston, you might know, he did uh, he did Terminator, he did Predator. He wrote them. No, no, he was the special effects guy. Like he oh, came up with like the design oh. and the costumes. He had a lot to do with the uh, visual effects of Jurassic Park. 
when I see the Gill Man in Monster Squad. Do you think he looks good? Because I thought he looked great. Oh, he looks great. But compared his... to Wolfman, though, I think he looks like. I think the Wolfman transformation scene in oh, this yes. movie yeah. is a very underrated. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best transformation werewolf scenes I've ever seen. It's got just the right amount of scare. Just the right amount. It's like, like showing more... you. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and that's all practical. It's all practical. It's all practical it's not effects. CGI. So that's they put him in a different costume per mm-hmm. you know two second shot of him yeah. forming into that beast. It's it's really cool. Well, that and the actor mm-hmm. who we'll get to his his like his screaming mm-hmm. and everything. I mean, you can just feel how much pain he's going through and yeah. just just real quick. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very brilliantly done scene, and I think like so the where so the Wolfman in this movie, and all these monsters actually, so they couldn't really get the licensing to the Universal characters. Right. Universal Studios owns like the iconic look to the uh, to these monsters we see before us. So they basically so they wanted to because this this film is clearly a love letter to mm. those movies. Yeah, you know what I mean, like from the plot, from who's in it, from how they. They're just updated, they're very updated looks of those classical monsters, you yeah. know, and that, you know, that look and feel, but they had to change it so they wouldn't get sued by Universal Studios for, like, basically copying Copy. their likeness. Yeah. But the Gill Man, I mean, the way I see him move, the design, I think of the Predator design. I mean, even the way the Gill, oh, yeah, how it kind of, I mean, it looks, it, it's, Huh. The costume is very similar to the even his like even the way he moves I think is very similar to how the Predator looks yeah. in the Predator movie. So this movie has like a lot of like degrees of separation of Predator. Yeah, he's probably just practicing to get to that. Do you think this was this movie made after Predator? I'm not sure. They both came out in '87, so oh. I'm not sure which one came he was out on first. high. Yeah, he was oh yeah, doing well at this time. Neat. And this movie, believe it or not, was actually like they looked at it as a failure. I mean, it didn't really? do well. Huh? Why? Which, Why do you think that is? I don't know. Do you think I would assume? I would assume at the time this was aimed towards kids. Yeah, because it's the leads are kids. Like going back to the jokes, like there's there's a lot of jokes I didn't get until I got older. Yes. So I was like, oh, oh that's yes. what they were talking about. Oh yeah, man. But um, no, you know what? It's it's funny. It could be, it could be something as simple. I mean, if we actually like looked it up. But it could be something as simple as like what came out right around the same time because I, I, so John Carpenter's The Thing also effects done by Stan Winston. Uh, incredible movie. And it also failed miserably. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, that movie today, I mean, that's... It's like a cult classic, it's would a, you say? It's, it's even, I think it's even beyond a cult classic. Right. I mean, everyone knows that movie and they should. You know, movie theaters across the, uh, across the U.S., just pick break, you know, every Halloween, there's going to be some movie theater that says, Hey, we got John Carpenter's the thing we're going to show special. And it's like, sign me up. Yeah. And they sell out tickets. Yeah. Drive ins, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I think it's because that was the year ET came out. Mm. And ET was so huge. Oh. Like, who's going to go see? Oh, they came out the same year. They yeah, came out around the same sense. time. And E.T. was one of those movies. It was such a blockbuster movie. It stayed in the theater for so long. Mm-hmm. Who's going to go see John Carpenter's thing? They're taking, they're yeah, taking really. their kids to see E.T. for like the third time. I get that. So, like, you know what I mean? It could be one of those things. Like, what else came out in 87? Is this going to be like 
Yeah, I ain't got time for that movie. We're trying to see this movie. You know? Yeah. We were talking about the Wolfman. I can't remember his name. But the actor who yes. plays the Wolfman is Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. From Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Which is, we were talking about, you know, what was my introduction into <laughs> horror. I would say my, my introduction into loving comedy, the first movie that I loved as a comedy movie was Napoleon Dynamite. I re- like so, I love it. It's so fucking good, man. I was yeah. Still, I, I remember when that movie. You know, what I mean, I saw that movie when it came out, and I thought, I mean, it's a hilarious movie. Mm-hmm. But I remember like the younger, like you guys and uh, your older brother Mark mm-hmm. were like nonstop talking about that. Like I feel yeah, like yeah. I knew the lines in that movie. Yep. And then I went and saw it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what yeah. you're talking about. But if, <laughs> yeah, he's Uncle Rico. Back uh, in the day, I could, I could, I could take this. Football, go square over them mountains, man. Napoleon. Just put me in, man. Because you put me in. Because you put me in last quarter. Well, I love it. What's it when they're taking the pictures? It's just like I'll, I'll, every time I see them, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, just a little, just under the chin, just good. And this is yeah, actually tilt your head a little bit. Yeah. Right. This is actually not the only time he played a werewolf. He actually he played a werewolf in uh, Fright Night too. When he came on and he's in that first scene, I think it's him. Call, he's on the phone, or maybe he's at the at the police station in Monster Squad. I'm like, wait a minute, I know that guy. How do I know that actor? And here we are, full yeah. circle. Like, he's, it's Uncle Rico. He played that part really good. I mean, you can tell, like, he's that, that desperate. I think they called, they, they, his character is desperate man in desperate, the credits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he plays it perfectly. I mean, he's just, yeah, definitely, um, Definitely pity him by the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh god. Yeah. The okay. So, are we okay to talk about the end of the movie? Spoiler alert, everyone. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this movie, it came out in 1987. It's not your own fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you only had like almost you know over 30 years. So as a as a person, I am easily affected by movies and art and plays. That's kind of why I went into the art. That's what I say. Hence why you went into the art. Yeah, um, I find that I have a, a large, uh, we'll say it's a faucet, and uh, you turn that faucet on and the water that flows out is my emotion. Okay. I feel like I, I'm overflowing sometimes. And don't, then, don't which is not it. a bad thing, you know? Don't let anyone tell you that it is either. That's right. Well, uh, with this being said, I just lost it when Phoebe... Oh God! He's saying goodbye to Frank. Yeah. So okay. It's so sad. The don't go hit me hard. Yeah. Like it. It was like something that was deep in my body that I still had felt, and I think when I was a child, I probably felt the same way. Going, don't go. Please don't leave, Phoebe. Why? And then she chucks. The, yeah, scraps. Oh, so my heart, <laughs> Frankenstein. I, so I was six when I watched the Monster Squad and fell in love with it mm. and begged my father to rent it every time he went to uh there's a supermarket called pathmark back then yeah. and they had a little rental for movies in the grocery store mm-hmm. right so every time he went to pathmark which with three growing boys was at least once a week mm-hmm. i was crying like okay either rent Abbott and costello be frankenstein or rent monster squad that's awesome so it was awesome but my brothers were very tired of watching these movies mm-hmm. because, like I said, I was only six, and I was gonna, I was gonna throw a fit if I didn't get to watch what I wanted to watch, and you know, so we had this big, huge 
80 pound VCR, right? I mean, the VCR was just like a VCR plays movies. Yeah, for, for those, those you don't young know. listeners out there. Yeah, and the, the original <laughs> ones were like bigger than a PS5 and outweighed it by like 100 pounds. You could kill someone with a VCR if you could pick it up. So, yeah, I mean, I wore the VCR out, killed it with these movies. With that one, just rewinding. Just rewinding and watching. Well, this one and a couple of other ones, but like, yeah, and I just, I mean, it got to the point where like I would get beat up later because <laughs> they had to watch Monster Squad for like the 50th million time. I used to just cry my heart out every mm-hmm. time I saw Frankenstein's monster go away. And yeah, so I watched this movie. I watch. I try to watch this movie like at least once a year, once yeah. in a couple of years. But I watched it specifically to get ready for our episode of uh, Marvel Par. Yeah, it was just all coming back. I was just like, I was, I was like, it's bringing me, it's bringing you back, it's dude. It was tough. I was like, oh my god, the the, the moment that the wolf man dies. He's not evil. He shouldn't be going to limbo. That's ah. true. He shouldn't. Have. I didn't even think of that. He was. Yeah. He was. Son of a. Yeah. But I mean, you know yeah. what? And that's another thing too. You know, so we talk about. You know, we talk about what movies today lack, and it's like, okay, I was upset then as a kid, but I'm even upset now as an adult because the performance was so good, and I was so emotionally invested, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I gave a shit about what happened. Yeah, and I don't think that, I don't think movies are very good at doing that. You don't get me. You don't get me emotionally invested in these characters anymore. To like, you know, I'm going to shed a tear when I see this guy playing this role and th- these things happen like yeah. you create the you know you create these scenarios about these people you care about these people and then the bad stephen king is really good at this in his novel it's like you create these scenarios you bring you bring us along for the ride with these people and then when the stuff starts happening which it is going to happen bad you start to care more you give a shit and that's yeah. and you know what that's at the end of the day that's what makes it that's that's yeah. kind of hard too like, yeah it's scary when you feel like you know people and then you see stuff happening yeah, you know, especially bad things. It's terrifying. Oh yeah, but yeah, it brought me. It brought yeah, it brought it all back today. I was like, <laughs> it's fucking tough, bro. It's it was sad. real tough. I'll say that that movie earned that reaction from me. Yeah, because partly I would say it's because it's so short and sweet. It's only like eighty minutes, and it's, I think movies should start to get back to that. That's another time thing. frame. It's like I can't see Avatar four if it's gonna be fucking three hours. I can't. I'm not gonna do that shit anymore. Yeah. I have a small child. Yeah. I work ten hours a day. Yeah. Like I, you know, I try and do other things like go to the gym to stay fit, and you know, obviously the stuff we're doing with the Marvel Bar. I don't have four hours to no. watch a movie, man. No, no. Well, it's also kind of like. Uh, Oh, uh, maybe selfish, kinda, you yeah. know, or egregious to think that you are gonna get someone's time that long. I'll start by saying, like, I've I've started to dip my toe into producing my own work. I, I'm also helping you with this awesome I project. Was gonna, I was getting ready to say you might see uh you might see a certain name on the end credits of uh, this show. You might producer. Well, and so I, I you know, getting my feet wet into producing. <laughs> And putting out my own content that you should go and watch. You know? are, you, are you referring to the clam? I am. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't want to bring it up yet, but like we're, we're talking about content and making movies and like so as a person who is experiencing, you know, people who are watching content now, our attention span is quick. 
And it's then quick, you, yeah. You can also see the data on all these apps of who's watching and how long on these things. So I can see if I put out a 30 second video, I can see that people stop watching after 10 seconds. So for me to put out a video that's 12 minutes and expect people to go and watch it, it's kind of absurd on my part. Yeah. It, exactly. it stinks that there's not enough attention span in our, I guess, society right now to watch things longer than a couple minutes. Some people will, hopefully. Some people will. Watching this one right now. Yeah. Hopefully. Please do. And subscribe. <laughs> and leave your comments below. We love that kind of stuff, yes, too. We, we want to talk to the we community. We need the feedback. Especially the good feedback. Yeah. Give us yeah, good feedback. You know, if you're going to... Spoiler, if you're going to try and cancel me on Twitter, I'm not there. But you're like you said, it's like people... <laughs> I just think it's too crazy to think... I, my, I'll end the point. I think movies should get back to the same time as like an 80-minute movie. They do. Because they should, I mean. That's you're... fair. And you can accomplish a lot in that time and get your audience to feel what you want. Like crying for Frankenstein as he's yeah. falling into a limbo abyss. This movie gets this movie as far as like the, we go back to the opening scene, you yeah. know, the castle. It's like, yeah, you know, eighteen hundreds, and it's scary, and the set looks great, and you know, the another thing too, I love like this, going back to like the little nuances of this film. I love how the first shot when the lightning flashes and they're going through the door, you see the skeleton impaled, mm -hmm. an homage to Vlad the Impaler. Oh, right. Ah, that's neat. And you go in, and there's this scary vampire woman, like eating just like a like a possum or something. And it's yeah. like, man, it's just it's like, ooh, yeah. It just sets the tone. It's so cool. And like I said, the set, the set looks yeah. great. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, that's actually when you know it's not green screen. They built the set. So yeah. It, so it feels real because it is real. Yeah. That's it's neat to watch the movie now uh, with like an HD TV. Yeah, and, but it still looks really good. And it looks great, you know, that opening sequence when they're going through all of those just establishing shots of, of Dracula's home. They get to the moment where they show Dracula as the bat. And that's, a, I'm assuming, a practical effect of, of like a prop, you know, like a, what's this, Steve Henson, is that his name? The guy who did all the Muppets and all of like... Jim Henson. Jim Henson. Yes. You know, I, I assumed it was like a Jim Henson-esque puppet. And see, I'm sure seeing it in 1987 on a big screen was terrifying. Yeah. But then to see it in HD, I, I, you know, I was not terrified, but could admire the special effects and the effect of the time. Yeah. Because well, you get a clear review now with HD TV and you can see that, you know, how it looks and stuff. It's, it's, it still holds up as a movie for sure. Well, even this movie, like, so... This movie was very smart on how it did things. Like we referenced, like the we referenced, like the uh, the Wolfman scene, which to me the Wolfman scene. This is probably a stretch, but that Wolfman scene, you can tell at least to me, it's like okay, that was that was taken right out of Hitchcock's playbook because if you ever go back and you watch Psycho, mm -hmm. it's you never see the knife go in and the way he cuts that shot it makes it seem like so much more is happening than is really happening yeah. just because the way he cut it yeah and that's the same thing as that wolfman and shot. that's the same thing as that wolfman just see little things like you maybe see some hair and a shirt rip and maybe he, oh i love when you see his face yeah. almost there his face yeah. and like to me like and i love it too like 
another thing really fast because we're talking about the wolf band i'll go back to what i was trying to say i love too like to me and maybe it's just me like yeah this was like a love letter to the universal movies but that wolf man the way he moves the way he's got the white shirt that he always with and how it's ripped up that to me he's very much oliver reed's mm -hmm. uh werewolf in uh, the curse of the werewolf you actually go and watch how he moves in that film that stance he has and everything it's that Wolfman's clearly a perfect mix of that, the Lon Chaney werewolf and the Oliver Reed werewolf from Hammer hmm. and Universal. So I thought that was really cool. Very cool. But yeah, it's like, so one of my favorite expressions, and I think it, horror movies need to go back on it. it less is more. Yeah. Um, and you talk about like Dracula, like seeing the, like the, the kind of like the puppet bat. I think one of the really cool scenes in that movie is where he drops it. And he's in his clothing. No, well that one's cool that's too. Easy. Yeah, that's but cool. when when Sean's dad, Sean, the leader of the Monster Squad, but Sean's uh, Sean's father's a cop. Uh -huh. uh, we're kind of like a badass everyday Joe cop too. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah. He does he does that? Uh, he plays that role very well. When he shows up, because Dracula just came, blew up their fucking clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, with a stick of dynamite. With a stick of, yeah, I thought and that was kind of weird. And then his partner and kills he uh, blows Sean's his partner, partner up. up with yeah, oh yeah. That's wild. That the, the movie gets real for the parents. The parents are going through traumatic stuff. Which and I we think talk is, about this too. We do, which yeah. I think is very smart. Yeah. Like that's a, that's I think that's very intelligently planned. It's like, okay, parents gotta bring their kids mm -hmm. to this movie. Let's have a grown-up plot going on to keep them invested while we got the kids stuff going on. I think that's very clever. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves in what we're talking about well, is yeah. they in the beginning of the movie they set up that the mom and the dad are going through issues. Yeah. I think the dad's or the mom says we have or the dad one of them says we have marriage counseling tonight. Yeah. And then he gets the call about the wolfman. And the mommy. Yeah, the you mommy know, and so he leaves being stolen from the uh from the museum oh yeah yeah so so right <laughs> in the beginning they're setting up this subplot about mom and dad having terrible issues it get you you saw at the yeah. end what we were talking about is that there's at the end of the movie right before like the big scene where they all go outside into and, the town square into the town square the, the mom is in the house and has packed her bags already see like all the all the times i've watched that movie i've never, I've never go back and watch it she yeah. has the bags packed there's two bags in front of the front door and a stuffed animal and it gets even more interesting if you go further back to when they're doing the montage do you know how rudy got the oh yeah he stole all of her he he stole silver. all their silverware and so why would the wife be going because then she's packing it's, her stuff. It's Rudy, does, you know, steals the silver. And then the next shot is the mom looking, where's all my silver? Oh, she's Why like, would she be looking through her silver? Yeah. Because she's so, taking it to leave her husband. That's, yeah, like you said, it's really wild. It's wild. It's an awesome little subplot. It's very cool. Yeah. And it's that cool. scene, well, the scene, so when he shows up, dad, Dracula's already at the house and Dracula already blew up the clubhouse. Mm -hmm kills his partner and basically says i'm gonna kill your son i will have your son yeah yeah and it's like oh like he's a very sinister he's a very good dracula he's very sinister i agree and uh he plays the role very well um the mom comes like you see him do this mm -hmm. but then you see then it focuses on the mom and you only see the shadow 
mm-hmm. of the bat transform and fly away. Oh, yeah. That's super that's, cool. That's really good effects. That's a really that's, cool way to get around, you know, and kudos, you can't make it morph. No, you can't and kudos, get CGI. And kudos to that actress because the look on her face, yeah. that's what it captures. I'm seeing this man transform his bat and fly away. Yeah. And it reads right and on And all this car, again, it reads yeah. perfect. Yeah. While we're speaking to her, that mom is the same mom from the Goonies, which yeah. is funny. She was playing the neglectful moms with daddy or husband issues. Where's Whoa. the dad in the Goonies? Yeah. He's, and a, he's a goof, too. They always get ready to, I mean, they're getting ready to lose their house. Yeah. That's why they get one to, yeah. to begin with. Uh, she needs to pick her husbands better, honestly. Well, I think things plan out better because she eventually gets a job at a news anchor, and she's breaking the story of uh, you know, the terrorist uh operation at Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, wow, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> she moved yeah. up. Yeah, she, she did move up. She hopefully, hopefully she left, yeah. left both of those husbands. No silver. Uh, but you know I don't know. Hopefully maybe. she made it out of the building. She well the town was pretty wrecked after the portal of limbo showed up. Maybe oh, she yeah. passed things up with her husband and they moved out to they moved out to LA. Is that where Die Hard is set? Yeah. <laughs> We need to get uh, the writer on the line, writer director on the line, and just ask him if there is any connection in this universe. Can you imagine he's like, oh yeah, Monster Squad and Die Hard, same same universe well, during Christmas for sure. Yeah, well, I don't know who the writer was, but what's it? Um, his name escapes me, but I know for set, I know for a fact that the director of Die Hard is the director of Predator. So oh. we're coming full back, full Predator. circle. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up here on this week's edition of the Marvel of Horror, where we discuss all things past, present, and future as they pertain to the horror genre. I'm your friend, your host, your fellow horror enthusiast, Bruce Marvel. And if there's a movie you'd like us to discuss or you just want to leave us some feedback, please do so in the comments section below, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for joining us.